Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast that takes our favorite properties and reboots them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them, and Lindsay. Tanner. Have you ever played a monster battling and raising simulation video game? Why, of course. (laughs) That makes you a war criminal. (laughs) Um, But let's backtrack. Let's rewind a little bit to to this week's People's Choice topic, as decided on by those who voted in our Twitter poll. Uh, This week, I'm going to be rebooting Monster Rancher, which is a video game series from the late 90s, early 2000s, and also an anime series from about the same time. Uh, that was definitely made with Pokemon and Digimon in mind, more so Digimon, in the sense that it is more of the Tamagotchi flavor of mm-hmm. monster raising. Yeah. And that they will die if you do wrong. <laughs> Here, I, I need to make a disclaimer. So when I put Monster Rancher on my list of topics, I was mainly thinking of the anime. I have never played a Monster Rancher video game. I'm in the same boat. Uh, really, the only chance I could have had to play a Monster Rancher would have been when they had the game come out for the DS, but it did so poorly that they did not make very many copies of it, and I've never been able to find it in, like, a Cashopolis or secondhand store of any kind. Mm-hmm. So maybe one day, but for, for now, I'm SOL. <laughs> but the big... Monster, Monster Rancher was well-known for its gimmick, which was that if you had it on the PlayStation, because the main games were on the PlayStation, you put you you ha- play it on the PlayStation, and then you can get a mystery disc that like it contains the monsters in it, and you what you do is you can open up your PlayStation while playing Monster Rancher and take the Monster Rancher game disc out, and I guess the Monster Rancher can do a thing with your memory card so that Monster Rancher is still happening even when Monster Rancher is not in the game console, but then you can put in a different disc, like you can put in a different video game or a CD, or a DVD, and plug that in, and run it, and the game reads that disc, and it makes a monster out of that disc. Huh. Interesting. Now, this is, when when I was looking into this, I did realize that this was kind of similar to Song Summoner that I just did. <laughs> yeah. The difference between this and Song Summoner is that with Song Summoner, it was almost completely random. Mm-hmm. Whereas the way Monster Rancher works is that the same disc will produce the same monster. Not necessarily in the same games, or like, or not necessarily across different games. Like using... Here, here's an example from the Monster Rancher wiki. There is a monster called Nagisa, mm-hmm. which is type of, part of the fairy species. And in Monster Rancher 1... You can get a Nagisa if you put in Ramstein Senshukt, The Eagle's Greatest Hits, or Iron Maiden Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Huh. However, however, those discs won't work in Monster Rancher 2 to get you Nagisa. Instead, if you want to get Nagisa in Monster Rancher 2, you'll need to use either the Beatles' Abbey Road or Limp Biscuit Significant Other. <laughs> Just because normally it's not based on a specific CD. Like, it wasn't like there was someone at Tecmo going through the entire HMV and making a list of every single CD they had and saying, well, this band should make this monster and this band should make this monster. It was just like, it reads the subcode data on the CD and like connects it to the monster that's closest in the game's own memory. And it's like, okay, this is the monster that this disc will create. And so it's the, the same disc will make the same monster across every 
version of that game, but not every numbered sequel necessarily. Okay. But basically, if, if, if your Nagisa dies, if you messed up raising your Nagisa, you know you can make a new Nagisa. You just have to pop Limp Biscuit back in there. Joy! <laughs> um, some, some monsters were specific. Like, I know in one of the games, if you put in the Harry Potter DVD, you'd get, like, a big snowy owl monster. Okay. And then, like, uh, certain Tecmo games would make specific monsters. Like, if you put in the Dead or Alive disc, you just get the main character for Dead or Alive. Okay. But yeah, that was the big gimmick of it. And then when it moved to other consoles, like on the Game Boy Advance, it had the, just a password system. So just slam in a bunch mm-hmm. of letters and it'd be like, ah, oh, yes, of course, that makes a dragon. On the DS version, it had three ways of making monster. It had, you could draw a design on the touchscreen. Mm-hmm. You could say words into the microphone, which sounds really sus because I don't know if the DS microphone was ever smart enough to recognize, like, waveforms. <laughs> like... If, if you look at Spectrobes, which also use their microphone, it said, yell, yell, wake up into the microphone and your fossil will wake up. But I was never able to get loud or yell long enough in order for that to happen. So instead what would happen is just I would blow into the microphone constantly and that would be enough noise. <laughs> okay. But then Monster Rancher Wiki is here saying, yeah, if, if you want a Baku on Monster Rancher DS, just get up close to the microphone and say the word cat. And like, the DS doesn't know what a cat is. It doesn't know that noise. <laughs> then the third way in the DS is using the dongle system. Because, I don't know if you remember, in the original DSs, you could plug a Game Boy Advance game into the bottom. Mm-hmm. So you could just play the Game Boy Advance game. Or, with some DS games, it would allow you to like access bonus content. And there were only like seven games in the entirety of the DS that I think took advantage of this. Because like... <laughs> Mega Man ZX, you could fight some bonus bosses from Mega Man Zero, and Pokemon had the transfers, and I think that was it. I think really that was, and I guess Monster Rancher, and that those were it. <laughs> and it basically it goes, it really it goes kind of like a Digimon game, and even I was asking around with some people in discords about if you could do a Monster Rancher today in the sense of. Could you pop the monster if you if we go like Monster Rancher Six for the PS Five? Could you pop the disc out of it and then put in a new disc and scan it and then put the original disc back in and not have the PS Five completely freak out at you? And we 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 came to the conclusion that probably not. Yeah, there probably isn't a software workaround the way that they could with the original PlayStations because the advancements of technology usually aren't. Although one person did point out that if you're playing, like, a Monster Rancher emulator, you can link it up. If you're playing a Monster Rancher emulator and you have emulators for other games, you can just put those games in and it works the same. Okay. And now I don't know if the same applies to, like, MP3s. Like, if you if you plug in every single Limp Bizkit song from that album, do you still get Nagisa? <laughs> uh, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> so... Basically, a, a new version, like the old, like the older iterations, would probably be out. Yeah, like that. So that was the thing is that I had to when I was thinking about this, I had to get really creative. But I here's the thing, Lindsay. I went on a whole mind journey trying to figure out what this game was going to be. I didn't even know if I was going to be making a game when I first uh, realized I was going to be doing this topic because, like, what if I did do an anime and. So my main struggles were, I didn't want it to be just like Song Summoner, because for some reason, just yeah. 
using data right off the system, if it was like going to be a PlayStation game or even a mobile game, that that just didn't have the same kind of vibe to it. Because mm-hmm. like the, you got to put yourself in the shoes of this night, this eight year old kid in the nineties who like grabs their whole CD collection from their their big CD rack. I mean, this is what I did, except it was just to put music onto my Xbox. <laughs> because <laughs> that was the other thing so like because back in the day xbox classic you could just plug a cd in there and like r- not yeah rip all the music off of it and save it in the xbox and it would play during certain games and sure, obviously the idea was that like maybe tony hawk pro skater 4 doesn't have the license to a limb biscuit but if you have the limb biscuit cd i don't know why i keep going to limb biscuit but we're just assuming it's limb biscuit all the way down <laughs> because it was the sound of the Early two thousands, it was Limp Biscuit and um, Lincoln Park. <laughs> but it was also Britney Spears and NSYNC. Britney Spears and NSYNC, yeah. Those are the those are the four genders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so obviously, obviously, the idea is that you can rip your Limp Biscuit CD to listen to it while you're playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Four. So because as Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 never had the license to Limp Biscuit. I don't know if any of this is true. Just like, I'm trying to demonstrate the example. And also trying to in- demonstrate <laughs> how, not not even how I should have known I was gay at that age, but how I should have known that I just had very eclectic musical tastes. Because <laughs> I'd, I'd be running around in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 doing like sick kickflips while listening to Rumor in St. Petersburg. <laughs> Hit me baby one more time. <laughs> <laughs> and Buggin', which is the song from the Spacebound Jam soundtrack where Bugs Bunny raps. How did you not know? <laughs> because obviously I was straight. I was playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4. <laughs> Anyways, so, but like... <laughs> You have to picture, like, eight-year-old Tanner grabbing all of their CDs out of the rack in their bedroom, then going all the way down to their basement, and in the alternate timeline where I had a PlayStation, they start loading all these CDs into Monster Rancher to see what monsters they get. It's the idea of the discovery. Yeah. That's that's what I kind of want to keep in mind, is that you don't always know necessarily what you're going to get. Who knows Who knows what the Anastasia soundtrack is going to make in a Monster Rancher? <laughs> yeah. You'd, you'd think it'd be a pixie. But odds are, since most of these don't have a rhyme or reason, it's probably going to be like the the duck beetle. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a so that's the so that's the other thing in Monster Rancher. So there's maybe like twenty five base monster breeds, and a majority of them are like very easily fit into classical fantasy tropes. Like you have dragon, pixie, golem, tiger. That's a wolf. It's it's called Tiger in English yeah. because it was it like the Japanese name was Taiga based on like snow and ice uh, environment. Yeah, but also he shoots lightning. <laughs> Just go with it. Just go with it. They they have Sue- they also have Suezo, which is like their mascot. He's got one eye and like a hoppy leg and a big tongue. Yeah, but like so there's only like a few base kinds, but then you can fuse them together. To make, like, intermingled forms. And, like, it'll be, like, the main type and the subtype. So if you have Beaklon, which is just, like, a Hercules beetle, like, think Heracross from Pokemon. 
Yeah. But you could breed it so it has the, or not breed it, you could fuse it with a, a duckin, which is like a wooden duck toy. Okay. And you fuse them together and you create ducklon, which is like, <laughs> imagine Heracross, but the the horn just ended in like a wooden duck beak. <laughs> um, oh, and fittingly, if you put the Space Jam soundtrack into Monster Rancher 2, that's what you get. Or the DVD for Red vs. Blue Season 4. Okay. <laughs> so, you, you confuse the monsters. And this is a common practice if your monsters are dying. Because that's the major thing, is that at some point your monsters, your monsters have a set lifespan. It can decrease, be decreased if you overwork them, and it can be increased if you give them, like, special food and treats and stuff. Okay. But once they're dead, they die. So your options are either you can fuse them into a new monster that has, like, a reset lifespan, or you can let them die, you can get, like, their aura and, like, infuse it into a new monster in order to make that monster as strong as the past monster. But you do still have to watch a full-on death animation for each monster as it dies. That's not fun. Yeah, and it's like it like it definitely took some pages from Digimon games in the sense that yeah, like your Digimon will die and then like you you can take their essence and reboot it and like th retrain them again. But it was kind of okay in Digimon because it was like the the data reboots itself and it's like even if it dies, it never really dies in Digimon. Nothing dies in Digimon truly. It yeah. just gets reformatted. And the spirit is still there. And so you can say, like, oh, yeah, well, Garurumon died, but, like, his soul was reborn, and now he's in Magna Anjaman. Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But with Monster Rancher, it's just, no, they died. <laughs> they are dead. They're dead, Jim. Yeah. It's almost like they saw Tamagotchi and are like, we can do one better. Yeah. Like, Digimon is calling itself Tamagotchi for boys? Um, where's the permadeath? <laughs> you know what this you know what the genre needs <laughs> your pet's dying yeah but we need to take a moment to diverge slightly from the video games talk about the anime yes let me tell you about monster rancher the anime which is basically if k.a applegate wrote pokemon and every other episode was bye bye butterfree i barely remember it but like yeah that makes sense yeah so, so the setup for the anime is that there's a boy from the human world named Genki. He, he's transported to a faraway land to a place where monsters rule. He used to play the games like an ace, but now he's in this place where monsters rule. Yeah. And he was so cool because he had rollerblades! He had rollerblades! <laughs> he would regularly kick monsters in the face! Masato Daimanhu! Genki Sakura! <laughs> Genki Sakura rollerbladed so that Masato Daemon could run. And punch. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, so he's teleported to the Monster Rancher land because his game disc becomes a wormhole or something. Mm -hmm. Because in the Monster Rancher land, there's a human girl named Holly and her Suezo named Suezo. All the monsters have their own names as names. Yes. Hope you don't run into another golem. You already have a golem. They're both named Golem. But, but Genki shows up, and they're like, a human boy! And he's like, oh wow, this is the Monster Rancher world, this is so cool! And Holly's like, my entire family is dead. Yeah. Because <laughs> basically what happened is that there's an evil monster named Moo, 
and like spelt M-U in Japanese because it means like the void or nothingness. Mm-hmm. But in English, I guess they decided the kids were idiots, and so they spelled it M-O-O, like the cow. Yeah. And he's, like, the, this evil emperor guy, and he has an army of evil monsters called baddies. They always call them baddies, even when it's the most serious moment. <laughs> it can't be too serious for this children's show. Basically, like, th- this, is a, this is a post-war fantasy land after Mu has ravaged everyone, and they sealed him away, but now somehow he's escaped, and he's recreating his army of baddies. And so Holly and Suezo have gone on a quest to find the phoenix, because the phoenix is the legendary monster that can not only defeat Mu, but will also resurrect the lost discs. Because that's the thing. So, like, you can, you can store a monster in a mystery disc, which is a stone disc, much like the games. And it's, mm-hmm. like, it's like saving them on a floppy disc. But also, if a monster dies, it turns into a lost disc, and it's like, there's a big crack through the disc, and it's surrounded by these nasty vines and stuff. But if yeah. you, you, you find the mystery disc that contains the phoenix, the phoenix can turn the lost discs, the, lo- the lost discs back into normal discs, mm-hmm. and everyone's alive again. And so, Genki shows up, and he's like, well, I have my game disc, let's see if my game disc can turn into a monster. And it turns into a monster called Mochi. So named because it looks like the mochi snack, but it's really a, a duck-billed armadillo. Yeah. Oh, it's very cute! I'm Mochi! Cherry Blossom Blizzard! Yeah. Mochi, mochi love Genki! <laughs> mochi was so pink. So it's, it's Genki and Holly and Suezo and Mochi, and along the way they also find some other monsters. They meet Golem. He's a golem. He's a big rock man. He's a yeah. gentle giant. They find him in like this temple full of like lost discs and flowers. And he's defending it, and then a whole bunch of clays attack, and then Golem accidentally kills a clay, and when he sees it turn into a, a lost disc, he sheds a tear, and then from the single tear sprouts a flower. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, every flower represents a monster that Golem killed, but he doesn't want to kill. Oh my gosh. So then Golem joins the party. And then <laughs> next they meet Tiger, who's a wolf. <laughs> Don't question it. <laughs> Just go with it. He leads a pack of other tiger half-breeds. They're like, we love Tiger, he's our big brother! And Tiger's like, yes, I don't know what happened to my real brother, Grey Wolf, but I'm sure he's fine. Nothing bad will happen to him. Anyways, in Tiger's debut episode, the baddies come and they slaughter his entire wolf pack. And then he joins them because, I have nothing left to live for. What about the phoenix? I have one thing left to live for. (laughs) And then they meet Hare. He is a used car salesman, but he is also a Hare. He was clearly inspired by Bugs Bunny. Very much so. <laughs> but he also punched the shit out of you, because he has big meaty paws! I mean, Bugs will punch the shit out of you, but... But that's not his raison d'etre. Yeah, no, Bugs just wants to, you know, do his stuff. It's just Elmer Fudd once in a while is like, It's wabbit season! <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, after the main party is assembled, basically, like, they keep going on quests. They have to, Holly has a magic stone that will point them in the direction of where the phoenix should be. And they go all over the world, like, fight, fighting baddies and, like, defending villages and, like, helping monsters out. Mm-hmm. And they eventually, at some point, they have to fight Moo's Big Bad Four, which are four big bad baddie monsters. Yeah. The most important one is Pixie. Because she's like, I'm a sexy bad girl. And then Genki, I think, is like, she's not all bad. And then through like the whole series, she's like, maybe I'm not all bad. Um, and then maybe she I'm has... just drawn like this. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> <laughs> 
should note that the pixie Pixie, both the subspecies and the character in Monster Rancher, is you, you wouldn't look at her and think Pixie. You would think, oh, you're a succubus. Yeah. <laughs> Except there's an even meaner and hornier Pixie named Lilum. Great name choice. <laughs> yep. Um, also, Pixie has a second in command named Big Blue, who is a golem subspecies, or a golem with a tiger bit in him, so he's like golem, but he's blue. Okay. But he has pretty much the exact same personality as Golem, right down to being not that bad gentle giant boys. <laughs> Anyways, uh, now we get into the spoiler territory. But basically, every, every other episode of Monster Rancher ends with like their new ally dying tragically. Mm-hmm. And really, this whole anime, like once we get into the backstory of the anime, like we realize that the reason all these monsters are here is because in this fantasy world, they the humanity basically discovered genetic engineering and, like, miss it with whatever magic forces they had to start mass-producing a whole bunch of monsters and use the monsters for whatever they deem necessary, which is kind of messed up because every monster pretty much is sentient. Maybe yeah. not all of them can talk. I know, I think, pretty sure all, all the worms can do is yell, but mm -hmm. all the monsters are sentient thinking beings, but they're essentially all a bit of a slave race to humanity, and then humanity creates Moo, who, it turns out, is not an evil emperor guy. That's just what he looks like when his soul is possessing Holly's dad. Yeah! When he reaches his true form, he looks like Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did do some uh, reading about the backstory of the anime, and it seems like this is a post-apocalyptic fantasy world. Yeah. Where it, the post-apocalypse, or like the pre-apocalypse, was basically kind of what happened in the backstory of Nausicaa, the Valley of the Wind. Yeah, well, with Nausicaa, the gods just kind of showed up. Yeah. In Monster Rancher, it explicitly stated like, that man grew proud and invented a Godzilla. And yeah. then, but because it was a Godzilla that could think, it's like, I was only invented for destruction? Well then, I might as well destroy everything and have fun doing it. I mean, I'm pretty sure Godzilla is uh, sentient too, but... It depends on the interpretation. Yeah. Like, Godzilla, Godzilla's smart in the same way that, like, a really well-trained dog is smart. Uh, well, maybe a little bit past that. Like, it, it can recognize the inherent goodness of people when it's that kind of Godzilla. Okay. And it can strategize. But, like, I don't think Godzilla has opinions. <laughs> Other than, why do you keep getting me up? <laughs> Pretty much. Whereas Moo expi explicitly states that, like, I was created to destroy everything, and I personally decided this was great, and I'm going to do it all the time to everyone. I don't care who. <laughs> even even the baddies are tragic, because it's like, it's not like in a Digimon where they're infected with a dark gear or a black ring or any of that stuff. No, mm -hmm. I mean, they do have like a, a Moo manacle thing where if they try to defect, they die, but also if they're killed, they die. Like, Yeah. So, but they're called, the reason they become baddies is not mind control, it's they voluntarily join Moo because they have been mistreated by humans. <laughs> this, this whole thing is like an attempted uprising that failed because the, the creature leading it is legitimately evil and everyone else is just like, we're just trying to get revenge because we've been horribly treated and everyone's like, yes, this is correct. But also... You you sided with the very bad dragon. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You just d 
decided to join up with Mechagodzilla. Yeah. So yeah, the whole series is almost a deconstruction of even the concept of a Mon series, of a monster-raising battling series, because you you could say that the events of a Monster Rancher game is what led to the events of the Monster Rancher anime, which also has a fucking sad ending. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so many of these genre of games, they encourage you to fight all the time and collect as many monsters as you can and then train the strong ones so that they can become even stronger, and then if they're not strong enough, then they get left by the wayside, and that's essentially the kind of mindset that leads to the state of the world in the Monster Rancher anime, and that's the kind of mindset that a lot of people would have going into Monster Rancher, going into any monster-raising game, really. So, I went back and forth on whether I wanted to make a video game or an anime. Because I was thinking of the video game, like, one of the things I want to do with the video game, I already mentioned I don't want to make it too much like Song Summoner, but I still wanted some kind of element of a real-world thing influencing the game, but I also didn't want it to be too much like Digimon, just because when you think of all the workarounds and stuff like putting a disc in the game and or scanning a QR code or all this manner of stuff like using the other files on the system it seems much closer to Digimon than that and I feel like I want to make it more much more distinct compared to Digimon yeah I would also love for Tecmo and Bandai to team up and make a Digimon game that is reminiscent of Monster Rancher I think that would be a cool gimmick but we're talking about Monster Rancher right now yeah so I was thinking, maybe I'll reboot the anime. But how do I reboot the anime? Because the anime is very good just on its own. Mm-hmm. Like, And the closest I would want to a reboot of the anime is really more of just a remastered. I would want Monster Rancher Crystal. Yeah. Where it's the exact same thing, just redone with good... With, okay, I'm not going to say... Because the animation was pretty decent. It was, it was definitely good for early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you can do a lot more cooler, crazier stuff now, and but that's really all I'd want. I wouldn't want them to be changing any yeah. story elements of it. I would want to be shot for shot, beat for beat, if they just redid the anime. Um, you could do a live-action Monster Rancher, um, but, like, again, you don't want to change too much. Mm-hmm. The anime works good on its own. I don't really want to touch it unless it's just, like, up in quality where we can. Yeah. Then I was thinking, what if it was a sequel to the anime, but not the way that the third season was? Where it was just like, everyone's alive and we're all fine and happy again. <laughs> Let's go to a tournament. I think most of the third season was just a tournament arc. Okay. <laughs> so I went back to video games. I think what I finally landed on is this idea of let's take the deconstruction of... The deconstruction that the anime did... And think, what what do you do after the world has, like, realized and come to terms with the sins it has done against monster, monster Kind and what it wrought when it was, like, crazy happy for genetic engineering? Mm-hmm. And this is a game that is quite far removed from the classic Monster Rancher games. It's, as far as I can tell, closer to Monster Rancher Evo, which was the fifth game, that a lot of people didn't like because it had a plot... <laughs> And much more of a JRPG kind of thing, whereas the original Monster Ranchers, as far as I can tell, they didn't have much of a plot at all. It was just like, keep doing tournaments, and eventually the final villain in one of the tournaments is Moo, and you beat Moo. Now you can summon Moo. Don't question it. What the fuck is nuance? Hey, in Pokemon, you can capture gods. I mean, there's a difference between catch- I mean, okay, not in the sense you're thinking, but- um, how do, how do I think this? It's not in Pokemon you can catch gods, but it's not like you can kill 
Cyrus and then summon the Pokemon that is Cyrus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, actually, I mean, it is something that happens in Digimon, but it is like if if you defeat <laughs> one of the Demon Lords in Digimon, usually you now get to create that Demon Lord, and now that Demon Lord is your best friend. And I'm like, you are still, like, Asmodeus of the Pit. Mm-hmm. Even if you are, like, like telling me about sports now. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. Um, so, my idea for Monster Hunter game. First off, it's open world. I want to get it out there. It's not, like, the most important thing to be open world, but I want to get that out there just because the, I wanted to... The, the key thing in here, aside from, like, the reconstructive themes, would be discovery. And so I want you to have the opportunity to, like, mm-hmm. go through this whole world and, like, witness it rebuild and help it rebuild as you go through it all. Yeah. And the actual premise is that much like Genki, you're a human person who is transported to the world where monsters rule, but you're not a little kid. You're like our age. Yeah. You played Monster Rancher as a child, and now you show up here, and they're like, what sins have you wrought? <laughs> and so instead of like, fight, I mean, th- at some point there will be monster battling and whatnot, but yeah. this it's not the crux of it. The crux of it is, it's almost like a visual novel at certain points, in the sense that mm-hmm. you are... you're not battling monsters you're befriending humans and monsters and you are helping this world rebuild and helping humanity and monsters learn to coexist with each other like you'd have your starter town which like it already has them at at a decent respect for each other but of course it can be improved Mm -hmm. and then like as you venture out further you find more and more settlements that it's like well this is a settlement that's all people they don't trust any monsters to come in so you have to like go through a whole quest chain in order to convince them that monsters are worthy of trust and respect. And then you can go and you can find, like, much like in the anime, you can find a pack of tiger breeds. And they're like, we don't respect humans because they, like, hunted us and they don't trust us. And so you have to teach them that not all humans are evil. And then, of course, there will be evil humans. Yeah. And predominantly, you'd probably be fighting humans more often than monsters. hmm Now, there would still be the ranching part of the monster rancher. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. can't really call it Monster Rancher. And that would be much like in the games where it's like you have a farm where you can keep the monsters on and mm-hmm. you can train them and all sorts of stuff. In in the original games, you could send the monsters out on jobs and it would be like, it'd be like, go do this job so that you get higher speed or higher defense or whatever. But the all, jobs were also odd jobs. It was like, go deliver the mail. Yeah. So in this one, I actually kind of want to lean more into the job aspect, almost like bring in Final Fantasy elements to make the jobs be a thing they can aspire to. Like, you can actually train, uh, like, Amochi to be the Postmaster General. Because <laughs> that was... Oh, and, like, the reason I was thinking of that is because there were some monsters in the anime that were referred to as, like, Captain Monster. And you couldn't get, like, a Captain variant in the games, but it was, like, mm-hmm. the, they've attained this position, but now the position is also their name. Okay. Like, th- we've got all the gels, but also Captain Gel. What kind of monster is Captain Gel? Well, he's a Captain Gel. <laughs> but yeah, you can train them, and you can raise them to fight, but you can also raise them to do other things, like go out and explore, or forage for food, or help run the farm themselves. They can mm-hmm. be, like, teachers and stuff. Yeah. Like, this is much less... It's still a monster-raising simulator, but, like, you're raising them for roles in society. <laughs> <laughs> they live in a society! Yeah, they do. <laughs> and so, now here's 
here's where the um, real-world peripheral stuff comes in. We once again travel back to... Wouldn't be the nice, actually. This would be, like, mid-2000s. The time of Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> and because Jurassic Park 3 came out, and like, this is going to revitalize the franchise! Sure, Jan. But because of that, they also came out with several Jurassic Park video games, and one of them was called Jurassic Park Scan Command. And the idea was it came with a peripheral, and it was like a little scanning thing, and you could use it, and you scan a whole bunch of barcodes, and then it creates dino DNA in the scanner, and then you, you plug the scanner into your computer and upload the DNA into the Scan Command game, and then you like, use that DNA in a puzzle to like complete the genome, and then you can make stronger dinosaurs. Okay. Now, you're not using this... I want to bring this back, but you're not using this on the monsters, because that would go and find the face of this idea, like, hey, we're not genetically engineering monsters anymore. Okay. But, like, that's the point, is that the, the monsters are not being created. Yeah. The, or, like, they're not, they're not being artificially created. Yes. No more man-made monsters. Yeah. But what you can do is you can use these codes, and you can even say, like, the main character is bringing these codes from the real world, and using it to repair stuff, because... There's, there's so much lost technology in the Monster Rancher anime, and I'm bringing this into this game too. Also, I love lost technology. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you can bring in all these codes, and you can use the information to recomplete like these bits of lost technology. Mm -hmm. So you can use these codes to like complete circuits and like repair some computers and stuff, and so you can, you can use it to unlock some technology that just... It can help around town, or maybe it's just like aesthetic stuff, but the main thing would be like completing all these maps and stuff, and key codes and things... And you can use them to access other parts of the map, mm -hmm. including all these little secret dungeons that when you get to the end, you can find a lost disc. And so that's how it can be. Like, you, you still use these codes to find new monsters. It still fits with the themes of Discovery. Yeah. Um, but there's a little bit more effort put into it, I guess. Yeah, you get rewarded for doing the exploration part instead of just focusing on the battling part. Yeah. Um, and it was also... That this isn't a huge thing, but it was something that came to my mind, is that I would want the barcodes to have different results for each person's game. Oh, okay. Just, like, I don't, I, don't, I, I don't know what the result would be, like, whether the barcode is a whole map or it's just, like, a piece of a map, or it's, like, a code that you exchange. So, but basically what I would want it to be is that if I scan this bottle of sparkling water in my game, the code that I get is going to be a different code than what you get, um, not random, but just whatever mm -hmm. cipher is in each game is different. Mainly because I'm thinking, I don't want to end up in a situation where, like, the super secret, ultra-powerful monster disc just so happens to be hidden behind, like, Crest Toothpaste, and then people go out and they just buy a bunch of Crest Toothpaste. Mm -hmm. or, or the alternative is that someone just posts the Crest Toothpaste code online, and everyone can scan it themselves... And yeah. not even bother with it. I want there to, like, people can trade codes around and stuff still, but, like, it doesn't, it, it's not an unfair advantage. That's what I'm thinking. It's for balance reasons. Yeah. And it also allows for, I was just thinking, a bit more of an ARG kind of feel to it, too. Mm, yeah. Well, I was just thinking special edition codes, like, probably for some sort of holiday thing or a holiday theme, you can get this thing. Yeah. Because, oh, the other thing I want to say is that, so apparently, not every game has every monster. Okay. And I feel like with today's technology, we could, like, if this is on the PS5, we could easily put every monster in the game and every, like, crossbreed. Yeah. Oh, that was the other thing I wanted to say. So, spoilers for the anime. Near the end, Pixie is, like, on her deathbed. 
Yeah. Because she finally helps the heroes and Mu just blasts her point blank. And so she's about to die. Yeah. And so Big Blue walks up and is like, I will fuse with Pixie to save her life. And they're like, but mm-hmm. Big Blue, if you fuse with Pixie, you will cease to exist forever. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. And so he fuses with Pixie <laughs> and she's reborn as Granity. And she's like, where's Big Blue? And why am I covered with rocks? Oh my gosh. Except better acted. <laughs> so that's the other thing is that in in the backstory of this game especially it like it would be a thing where like yeah we would fuse monsters together to make stronger ones and those monsters would cease to be because we would just fuse them as weapons for war and so Mm -hmm. i want fusion to be a bigger deal and i also don't want it to result in death yeah i i think that what it should be is closer to pokemon breeding where it's not explicitly mating because who knows how some of these monsters would but like you can go to a temple you go to the temple and like the two monsters are on each side and they like like merge their essences together and create a third new monster that is a representative of a combination of the two of them yeah and they're like it's so cool that we made this monster hooray obviously all the subspecies could also be found in the discovery because like there's the various subspecies that could be found in Discovery via the discs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. There's something called a Raki. And that's literally just a Pinocchio doll. Okay. That's terrifying. Yeah. There's a, fe- there's a special one called Satan Claws. <laughs> Why? No wonder this one only exists in Monster Rancher 2. Yeah, I'm trying not to go onto the Monster Rancher wiki because it makes my um makes my poor laptop sound like a uh, jet's about to take off. Mm, same with mine. Yeah. There's a monster called a Menotep, which is a golem with the Gali subbreed, and Gali is like a sun mask and a cape that just float there. I remember that thing. It was creepy. Yeah, because Gali was one of the big bad four too. Yeah. Uh, oh, I guess Golly can't be obtained with a CD. But you can obtain a Menotep uh. with a CD. You can use Celine Dion falling into you. <laughs> yeah, Golly is just a cape with a sun mask. Yeah, you need a creepy voice too. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, there's, there is one monster species called Monol, which is just the monolith from 2001. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! And and if you if you were to go on the Monster Rancher wiki and look at the list of models, that they're all just walls. Joy. It was you know what? It was probably really easy for the dev team to render it. So yeah. yeah. If if you combine a model with a hair, you get a furred wall. Ugh. You can also get it from the CD Elton John. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Okay. <laughs> That's just weird, but okay. Like, some of these are just extremely silly, and it's good. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Pokemon and Digimon have some pretty weird and silly mons, so, yeah. But, yeah, monols are probably the creepiest thing I've ever seen. There's a Jura wall, which is, like, a slimy wall. (laughs) And it has tentacles. Um, no, the creepiest ones are Color Pandora, which... Are they're okay. supposed to be a caterpillar, but it's like three boxes with human-like faces, but each one has a colored nose. Okay. 
And if you give them the pixie subspecies, then also they have, like, a a red pixie cut, too. (laughs) And I hate it. Yeah, that sounds real, real bad. Mochi Mew looks like Sackboy. Yeah. Well, because all the Mews are like little toys, kind of. Yeah. No, the main Mew looks like a cat, and yeah. But like, I also really love these designs just because they're all so unique, mm-hmm. even though some of them are kind of bizarrely weird. Mm-hmm. Um, if you put the DVD for Fight Club into Monster Rancher 4, you get Red Bu- Redburn, which is like a punchy fire ant. That's actually kind of appropriate. Yeah. I guess uh, Tyler Durden would approve. Okay. <laughs> Oh, if if you put a hole pretty on the inside into Monster Rancher 1, you can get Pink Mask, which is golly crossed with a pixie. <laughs> you know what sort of other vibe this is giving me? It's It, it almost feels like Shin Megami Tensei. It really Wait, does like- have a lot of Shin Megami Tensei elements in it. Um, yeah. I, I feel like, and I guess this, like, my idea has brought it even closer because it is much more of a JRPG situation. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're, I mean, so Shin Megami Tensei, there are times where you're fighting with the monsters, like, in the middle of a battle, and the monster will be like, hang on a second, what's your opinion on sexy ladies? And you can be like, respect women, and the monster's like, I agree with that, and then the monster joins your team, like, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> but the negotiating doesn't play as much of a role into it. You you do a lot more of the like character interaction negotiation alternate like branching dialogue trees with the human characters. Mm-hmm. Um my idea for this monster rancher game, you could do it with both the monsters and the humans because when you're getting them to join your side, it's not that like they're joining your fighting army. They're like joining you in the idea of peaceful cohabitation. Okay. Oh, there's a version of Golly called Happy Mask, and it's terrifying. Alright, I'm gonna steal myself for this. (laughs) Yeah, no. No, 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 no. Don't like it. But you can get it from Backstreet Boys Millennium. (laughs) (sighs) Thanks, boys. Thanks. You know, it might might be easier for me if I just Google. What happens if I... Not Google. What happens if I search... Here we go. Blackworm, which is the worm model crossover, can be created from Britney Spears one more time. <laughs> but you can also get an Antland breed called Ecologia. Oh, that's a cross with the weed. And that one comes from Britney Spears in the zone. Or Brother Bear Disc 2. Okay, um, I would just like to say that there is a subspecies of worm that is basically a train. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, like, gag subspecies. Ah, I getcha. There's, okay. So, <laughs> I guess Monster Rancher 4 was one where they started running out of ideas very quickly. Because there's a monster called Cyroller, which is a rhino head. It's So, no, okay, so it's like a rhino, but its front legs are like these huge paws and they're clamped around a wheel that like the rest of the body rides on okay it looks really weird and uh there is one that looks like an excite bike motorcycle man huh and it, um there's one called high roller that's a crossbreed with a dragon and it can be unlocked in monster rancher advance using the password digimon <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's also scaled hair is hair crossed with a zoom, which is like a lizard. That's the one you can get from Digimon World 3. Okay. Just the scaly hair. Huh, yeah. 
clear Suezo is a Suezo that is translucent because it's crossed with a gel, and you can see its teeth just free-floating in its body in Monster Ranchers 1 and 2. Nope. So that's a concern. Absolutely not. In Monster Rancher 1, it was called Toothy. Uh, that's another. That's one you can get from Digimon World 1. Yeah, some of these are very cursed, I'm just going to say. Oh my god, Big Korobochi is a golem made entirely out of Color Pandora. And <laughs> it has definitely sinned. It looks like... Mm, no, it's bad, and I don't like it. I'm pretty sure if we made this game, we could get some better designs for a whole lot of them. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we could solve a lot of problems by just redesigning Color Pandora into something that looks better, and then like it removes the curse of nature both from it and any monster crossed with it. Mm-hmm. Oh God, no! Don't show me Grindink. <laughs> now, now we're just stalling for time by looking at fucked up monsters. What if a fucked up monster rancher looked at you? Oh, don't show me! Don't show me Robber Rabby. At some point, Tanner's just going to turn into stone because one of them is basically a Medusa. So if you combine, so if you combine Color Pandora with a Zan, which is like a very sharp demon robot samurai with knife wings, but if you combine it with Color Pandora, you get a Bata, which is the same but it's green, and it has axes on its wings. But that's the monster that you get if you put into Monster Rancher 4 the Pokemon the movie first the, the Pokemon the first movie soundtrack. That sounds weirdly specific. See, you, you you start to wonder which of these were planned and which are these are just like convenient coincidences. Mm-hmm. If you put Devil May Cry into Monster Rancher 3, you get a big chicken. <laughs> Is there anything else you can think of to put into this open world? Society building monster rancher thing. Uh, you know, they're still working out the kinks on procedural generation, so probably no. Ooh, no. I'd, there wouldn't be procedural generation. Like, everything in here would be pre-planned. Yeah. Like, all the all these monster rancher fusions, they're designed. They didn't just, like, happen by slapping the texture of one. I mean, okay, some of them look like they just slapped the texture of one onto the other. But, like, that was their intent? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you can specifically design some stuff to look a little less cursed. Yeah. That, that's the big thing, just a little less nightmarish, please. Oh, oh, Ray Duckin. I actually kind of love Ray Duckin. <laughs> it looks so <laughs> fucking stupid. Oh, they got dinosaurs! They all look so stupid. But Ryan would be so happy. I know, okay, so I know in Monster Rancher, the centaurs, like, the standard centaur has a lizard for a top half. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why they decided to go with that, but okay. Then, if you say so. Oh, there's a centaur subbreed called Celius, which is centaur plus tiger. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it walks straight off of for affinity. Huh. I mean, there are so many spoilers on the TV Tros page for Monster Rancher. Yeah. Which, to be fair, that's appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, there was a battle card game? 
Oh yeah, there was a card game. Oh, I can't remember if it existed in real life, but they made a video game for it. Okay, well, here's my contribution. We also start making a trading card game, and then you could also scan those with uh, whatever gaming device. Yes, exactly. Yes. That would make a lot of sense. <laughs> you could scan them, or yeah. they could just have like codes on the bottom. Like how Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. card, where you type in like the card's serial number and get it in the Yu-Gi-Oh games. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah! Another thing, okay. So another thing I thought of before I settled on my idea of just barcodes mm-hmm. was what if it was on the Switch and it used Amiibos. Oh. And, but I kind of drifted away from that because Amiibos have kind of fallen out of focus. They're really only used in Smash Bros. now, it seems. Yeah. So a majority of Amiibos are first-person Nintendo characters or, like, the 500 Animal Crossing cards. Because <laughs> Animal mm-hmm. Crossing had a whole Amiibo game. They're like, fuck. <laughs> this is the only way we're going to sell Amiibos. <laughs> and it only worked with, like, the diehard Amiibo and Animal Crossing fans. There's actually, if, if you go way back for power, on Power Up, Everything, Nintendo, and Beyond, they had an episode where there's an Amiibo collector talking about his quest to collect Amiibos. And he was also a teacher. So there, there mm-hmm. was a time where he had to, like, his kids were on a class field trip, and there was just enough time to stop the bus, buy an EB Games in a different town that he had been, been able to pre-order a specific Amiibo at that he could run in, pay for it, and come back to the bus and continue back home. And all the kids <laughs> were cool with it. <laughs> the lengths collectors will go to to get a thing. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like I don't really see Amiibos being that viable, but a trading card game could possibly work. Yeah. I mean, like when I was thinking Amiibos, I was more thinking like they would be in addition to whatever other thing we tried to do yeah. with it on the Switch. Because it would be like an additional thing, like how the dongle GBA games were an additional thing on the DS. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't need the Mario Amiibo. If you do have the Mario Amiibo, you probably get a mochi dressed as Mario, which would be adorable. Yeah. Put mochi in Smash. Yeah. I think that's the note we can end on. Yeah. Mochi in Smash. All right. In that case, I think we're going to uh, unlock our disc. Friendship promo. That was a weak segue. That's <laughs> eh, okay. Hello, I'm Anthony. And I'm Dr. Issues. And we're hosts of Capes on the Couch, the podcast where comics get counseling. Superheroes don't always get to go home happy. That's where we come in. We offer psychiatric and mental health analysis of comic book characters. So check us out at capesonthecouch.live and across all social media platforms at Capes on the Couch. So, anyways, Lindsay, where, where can you be found on the internet? In the open world game of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I can be found on Twitter at lindsaym476. That's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for Not If I Boot You First, and they're pronounced MOCHI! You can also email us at notifiebootyourfirst.com where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, or the episode of Monster Rancher that made you cry the most. Was it one with the dog? Yes, it was. You can also send us a friendship promo there, be it an audio clip or a proof for us to read. Either way, we'll put it in a free ad for your podcast, your YouTube, even your DeviantArt. You could even ask to be a guest, but if you do, make sure you send us a hint instead of the entire idea because we like being surprised. 
If you'd like to support us directly, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash first. We can get a bevy of bonuses by supporting us financially, including a weekly shout-out for all of our Patreons, including Charlie, Cassidy, Christina, Julia, and Rem. Thank you all. That being said, we also know there are plenty of other more important causes out there, such as the current uh, Georgia runoff elections coming up soon, and just in general being able to donate to your current food banks, food pantries, bail funds, homeless shelters, support marginalized groups always. Mm -hmm. That being said, it is just as helpful to support us by leaving a rating and review for us on your podcatcher of choice, and if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then contact me and I'll try and get us in there. Uh, Not If I Reboot You first is a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can find out more about the other awesome shows to share the network with uh, at CornerPodNet on Twitter. And last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex, a.k.a. Pachu, and her work can be found on ptchew.com. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us how to find out how to contact him if you'd like a music of his own for your own. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the noises. Yeah. So, Lindsay... So, Tanner. Do you have a hint for next week? We're starting to get into Christmas, right? Y- yes. I, uh, now I, I should have checked when this episode comes out. This is, oh yeah, this is the last November episode. Okay. Christmas starts in two days. <laughs> okay. So, next week, um, we're going to be talking about three dudes and a baby. Yay! You know they made a sequel to that on Disney Plus already? I th- this is completely different. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> is Tom Selleck still going to be there? Can he ride a horse? I feel like he probably... <laughs> Can Tom Selleck ride a horse? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to get so many weird shit. Yes, the former Magnum P.I. star established his reputation as a great horseman while riding Spike in the films, and he couldn't bear to leave Australia without his favorite steed. Oh! He's never stopped riding. He has a collection of horses on his Ventura County ranch. Tom Selleck is a horse girl! (laughs) And we're gonna learn more about that next week! (laughs) 